Today is Friday, May 6, 2022, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out Left. As a follow-up to last week's episode about the American League Division leaders, I'm going to be talking about the National League Division leaders today. Now, it's really no one's surprised that the Mets, Brewers, and Dodgers are all winning their respective divisions, but still, there's a lot to get into about how they've gotten to this point, what's gone right for them so far this season. Plus, before I get into that, I want to talk about some crazy little stat factoids that I've discovered this week, and other surprising shifts in the standings. That's all coming up on today's episode of Stroud Left, so stick around. It's going to be a good one. Welcome once again to the show today. It's great to have you all here. Um, so before I get into my main segment about talking talking about the division leaders, I wanted to kind of share a few little fun facts I found or have been told over the past couple of days. So... With uh, it being finals week and stuff, I was a little, um, I haven't been at, at following the MLB as closely. I've been trying to focus on schoolwork. But um, just looking at some uh, some of the standings, one thing that almost made me fall, fall out of my chair this morning was that the Arizona Diamondbacks are somehow 500. They're 13-13 and 13 after their win last night. And even though they're still in last place, in the West, they are doing pretty well. I mean, and it's weird because I was looking at their stats and they still are off to an abysmal start at the plate. Their team batting average is hovering below 200. It's sitting at 191 right now. And they have the second fewest runs scored per game in the National League, only 3.5. And they're so they've been running the backs of their pitching definitely, but their pitching hasn't been that great either. Their team ERA of 3.56 is good for a ninth in the National League. Oh, excuse me, eighth. Sorry, miscounted there. So it's the their average. And uh, 4.12 runs allowed per game, so they're still allowing more runs than they're scoring. And it's not necessarily the pitching's fault, it's just that the offense has been bad. So it's just weird how they've somehow been able to recover from a bad start to the season and actually play pretty good. So they're actually making me, like I said, I was a little higher on the Diamondbacks than I think some people were. I wasn't expecting them to contend for a playoff spot, but I figured, oh, you know, um, they could do decently. I mean, in this recent hot stretch, they uh, they had a couple wins against the Dodgers, and they won a series against the Cardinals, too. And they had took three out of four from, no, they split with the Cardinals, my bad. They took two out of four, and then they swept the Marlins. So, you know, they're not they're not just ganging up on bad teams. They're beating some decent decent teams. I mean, the Cardinals are in second place. The Dodgers are a first-place team. And the Marlins have been struggling recently. But, yeah, Arizona somehow is climbing up on the uh, win column, which is good to see for them. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are making me look really bad. I thought they were going to be um, – and the Yankees are too because I figured my picks were to have Toronto – and Boston be the top two teams in the American League East with Tampa Bay and New York falling behind them. And Tor- uh, Toronto's in third place. They're three games behind New York. New York's just off to a really hard start, and Tampa Bay is performing about as advertised. Not that the Blue Jays are playing bad necessarily. They're just uh, the Yankees are off to a hotter, hotter start. But the Red Sox are tied with Baltimore now for last place. They've lost seven out of their last ten. They... 
They haven't been doing very well. They haven't been beating over 500 teams. They're 7-13 and 13 against teams over 500. Um, things have not been going right for right for them much this year. And it's not like that it's been all bad for them. It's just they're just not winning. They're, um, their offense is actually not producing. That's kind of been the main issue. I mean, Trevor's story has not been as good as advertised. He hasn't hit a home run yet. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., Kike Hernandez, and Alex Verdugo are off, all off to major slumps. Bobby Dahlbeck is only hitting 147. He's slumping. Uh, Bogarts, Endeavors, and Martinez are hitting well. But no one on the bench is hitting. So, like most people were saying, their pitching was going to be average. And it's been about that. They have the 10th best ERA in the American League. 3.81, but not terrible. Um, I mean... Evaldi and Walken and Hill have all been good in the rotation, and Whitlock has been a great closer for them. And their bullpen is pretty good. So their pitching has been as advertised. Losing sale for a lot longer kind of sucks. But they just haven't been hitting, so they need to get those bats going. Otherwise, this is going to be a bad season for the Red Sox. Seeing them fall so dramatically is kind of surprising. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Oakland, after I did that video on their hot start, they've kind of... Uh, Falling back down to the basement where people thought they were going to be. They've lost six straight games and fallen to 10-15. Texas, who's on a four-game winning streak, has passed them now. They're a game, they're half a game ahead of them. Seattle is on a four-game losing streak right now. So Texas is actually getting close to catching them too. So do the Mariners once again reinforce that they're just a cursed franchise and don't make the playoffs even after all the hype from this offseason? Who knows? And then uh, lastly, I can't talk about unusual standings and records without talking about the Cincinnati Reds. And um, according to an article I found on NBCSports.com, the um, the only team with a worse start tw- start after 25 games than the Reds 3-22 mark is the Baltimore Orioles of 1988 with a 2-23 start. Uh, the Reds are tied. They had the same record through 25 games as the infamous 3 Detroit Tigers team. It's just been bad. They can't hit. They can't pitch. Everyone's getting hurt. It's just been an utter disaster of a season. I mean, their team ERA is 6.86. That's a full almost two runs higher than the second worst team and almost three runs higher than the league average. I mean, they're just a complete outlier. Their pitchers are getting absolutely smacked. Their bats aren't producing. They have the worst uh, runs per game in the National League with a 3.16. Their OPS is about a hundred points below team below league average. OPS plus is sixty-two. That's bad as a team. And um, a friend of mine, Josh, he told me, gave me this little fact. He actually has a football podcast. Um, it's called No Butts About It, I think, or something like that. So if you like football, you should definitely check out his stuff. He's pretty good. Um, so he told me he's a huge Cincinnati Bagels fan. Not really a Reds fan, but he said, so the since the beginning of 2022, the beginning of the year, the Bengals football team has won more games than the Cincinnati Reds have. Let that sink in for a second and think about how short, how little the football season is played in 2022. It's really just the playoffs in the last week of the regular season. And then the Reds have had a full about uh, – sixth of their season go by already 
and they've won less games than a football team has. <laughs> so yeah, I to close that segment out, I really feel bad for the fans of the Cincinnati Reds. I feel bad for the players that are struggling on this team. It's just got to be frustrating to have this constantly one bad thing after another heaping on. I mean, you got injuries, you got player controversies, you got owners making stupid comments. It's it's a uh, it has been a bad season, and it really sucks for the for the Reds fans that after about one month, there's basically nothing to look forward to or no reason to go to Great American Ballpark, unless you want to watch um, Tommy Pham try to boost his numbers. And you know, maybe when Jonathan India and uh, Nick Senzel and Naquin get back, yeah, they have so many people on the IL. Once those guys get back and Vado gets back, and you know, maybe uh. Nicoladolo gets off the IL. Maybe things will turn around. I mean, they can't be this bad for the whole season. Things have to get better a little bit, don't they? I hope. Anyway, enough with the negatives. Um, on to the positives here on um, the three teams that are winning the divisions in the National League. We'll start with in the East with the New York Mets. Uh, this division, I said at the beginning of the year, is going to be the most competitive in the majors, and they definitely have a ch- the Mets definitely have a chance to win it. And they are winning it. It's just that um, no one else in the division is doing super well. Um, the Nationals have been off to a terrible start, and we were, most people were kind of expecting that. The Nationals were going to take a huge nosedive this year. But uh, the Braves, while they haven't been awful, have just been inconsistent. They haven't been able to like get a winning streak going. Like, they can win games, they've won some good games, and they've had some good performances, but they just haven't been able to... Uh, um, getting things strung together. And the Marlins in second place, they've been really inconsistent. They are streaky. They're on a five-game losing streak right now. So they've fallen away. They've they've lost an opportunity to take advantage of other teams underperforming, and they've just been falling off. And the Phillies have been super consistent. And we saw it last night. Uh, I was watching the Mets-Phillies game with the comeback. That was incredible. That's normally something we see the Mets allow to happen and not something that they get to do. Normally, they're the ones that are blowing six-run leads or whatever it was. But anyway, this team has been pretty much as advertised. That lineup has been super good. Everyone in everyone in the starting nine, except for, uh, I guess, uh, James McCann, because he's been getting the most reps behind the plate, has is off to a good start. Um, Jeff McNeil is back to 2019 All-Star form. The like the power numbers aren't quite there, but I don't think Mc, I think that was kind of a fluke. His 23 home runs that year was a little bit of a fluke. I think he's not going to hit as many, but the batting average and the um, base percentage are up there. And you can't argue with a 165 OPS plus and a 348 batting average. He's getting on base. He's not striking out a lot. He's, uh, you know, setting the table for other hitters in the lineup. Pete Alonso, five home runs, team leading 21 RBIs. Francisco Lindor, while the batting average is not quite where you want it, he is still he, – he's got lots of pop in his bat. He also has five home runs. He's driven in 17. Uh, 124 OPS plus, good defense. So not exactly elite Francisco Lindor still, but much better. Uh, Mark Canna, huge Mark Canna fan. Um, since the time he came up with Oakland, I've always really liked him. And he's shown it so far in uh, Queens. He's saying 333, uh, 397. On base percentage, good uh, good leadoff guy potentially, or in the middle of the lineup too. If you need someone you you can count on to get on base, he can do that. Brandon Nimmo also has had a great start to the year. Um, 
He has three home runs. He's hitting a 253 with a 789 OPS, good for a 135 OPS plus. And Sterling Marte, he only has a 107 OPS plus, but he's been good at getting clutch hits. He has four stolen bases and three home runs and 20 RBIs as well. So he's been getting it done at the plate mostly, and the veteran leadership he brings is always appreciated. Um, huge Sterling Marte guy. Um, the bench, I mean, J.D. Davis... It's been solid. Uh, Luis Gourmet has been okay. Dom Smith still hasn't been getting it together. He still doesn't have a home run yet. And Robinson Cano's gone too. They finally just moved on from him, which I think is honestly a good good thing. So the Mets have uh, they're tied with the Brewers for the most runs in the National League. However, the Brewers have a higher runs per game because they played a couple games less. But I didn't even talk about the pitching yet. Um, starting rotation has been absolutely amazing. The um, McGill, Scherzer, Bassett all have ERAs below three. Cookie Carrasco's ERA is at 3.3. Tywin Walker hasn't looked great. His ERA is four, is 4.91, and he got kind of roughed up against Philly uh, last night. But all the other guys have done really well. Bringing Bassett, like I said, huge move is paying off, especially now that uh, DeGrom's been out. Hopefully, when he gets back, this rotation is going to be really scary. And Tyler McGill's really stepped up nicely. He had two scores starts to start the year, but since then, he hasn't been terrible either. Over his last four starts, his ERA is still around 3.5. Scherzer's been as good as advertised. All these guys are striking out batters and droves, except for Walker. Again, he kind of needs to pick things up here. Um, the bullpen, Edwin Diaz has been really solid. He's only allowed two runs in 12 appearances. Uh, Drew Smith has not allowed a, r- a run yet over 11 plus innings. Seth Lugo has been solid. The back end of the bullpen has been a little iffy. Trevor May has been hurt. Sean Reed Foley has been out. Um, Jason Shreve has looked good as a good lefty option. He's striking out over 13 batters per nine. Uh, Let me see if I have the splits up here. The Mets bullpen is definitely not as good as the rotation. It's uh, and we've kind of always figured that like even with the high end talent like Diaz, it's still not going to be as good as like the Dodgers, let's say, or the Brewers, definitely. But it's still solid. I mean, they're Bullpen ERA is about average, 3.72, good for eighth in the National League. But when you have an elite offense that's scoring the most, uh, um, that's in the leaders for scoring runs in the National League and a rotation that is second in terms of ERA, that'll that'll help you out a lot. No, excuse me, third. Uh, The Diamondbacks are better than them. (laughs) That's funny. Um, So, yeah, great start for the Mets so far. And moving on to the Central, the Milwaukee Brewers. They've been kind of getting it done on both sides of the ball. The Brewers have always been a team where you're thinking, oh, they're you know going to win with their pitching. But they are leading the National League in runs. Wait, let me verify that. They have more runs scored per game. They have the, they're the most runs scored in the National League in terms of runs per game. The Dodgers are slightly better than them, 4.96 to 4.92. So, but the Brewers lead the National League in home runs with 35. They've been absolutely crushing the ball. It kind of shows because their batting average is 10th, but their slugging percentage is second. So they're not getting on base as much, but when they are, they're getting lots of big hits. Willie Adamas has eight home runs. Ray Tillis is seven. Christian Yelich is four. Hunter Renfro is five. Um, I think that this lineup is also good. Uh, since Luis uh, Urias has come back over three games, he's hitting 444 with a 615 OPS or no on base percentage 
and a 300 OPS plus. So he has, in his short stint back from the aisle, he has invigorated this team. I think he's, the plan is long-term is that he's going to slot in at third and replace Jace Pearson, who's gotten most of the starts over there. But that, um, if he can keep that going, he really adds another much-needed bat to this lineup. It would be nice to see uh, Keston Huria get back to form, but so far he hasn't really shown that. Colin Wong's had a slower start to the year, and Narvaez hasn't been as good either. And Kane's kind of showing a lot of age. They're going to have to rely on McCutcheon and Tyrone Taylor to step up a little bit there. McCutcheon's had an okay start to the year. He has 14 RBIs, a couple homers. Bang average is a little low, only 242. But uh, I think the Brewers like having him around. And uh, Christian Yelch is starting to show flashes of his former self again. Um, he was off to another bad start to the season. But recently, he's picked things up. His bag average is sitting at 247, but he is getting walked a lot, and his OPS plus is 127. Especially recently, I'm going to filter here. He actually, over his past eight games, he has a 393 batting average over 33 play appearances. He has three home runs, eight RBIs, a couple doubles as well, and he's struck out seven times and walked five. So over this most recent stretch uh, against the Pirates and Cubs and Reds, he's been hitting the ball hard and taking advantage of some weaker teams in his division. So hopefully this is kind of the beginning of a hot stretch for Yelich, and we start seeing kind of the former National League MVP that we're used to seeing, because that would be huge for the Brewers. And the pitching, I mean, I don't need to talk too much about that. I mean, everyone kind of knows it, but it's still cool. Uh, Corbin Burns and Eric Lauer both have 1.93 ERAs through their first, uh, well, Burns is five starts, Lauer is four. Hauser's been good. Woodruff and Peralta have been a little inconsistent. Um, both have ERAs over five, but uh, they're still, the offense is backing them up and they're still getting wins. Um. Yeah, but that was definitely that's definitely something that they're going to need to pick up and improve on uh, their production on the mound. Um, but uh, Woodruff had some good starts. He, uh, I think, most of the most of the uh, the big reason his ERA is so high is because he got shelled in his first start against the Cubs. He gave up seven runs in less than four innings. But over his past four starts, I'm going to filter this real quick. He has. Uh, He's three. His re- personal record is three and zero. He's a three point oh five ERA. So yeah, just looking at um, looking at the game log here, you can see that that was just a bad first start. But since then, he's been his normal elite self. Peralta's always kind of the wild card in this in this rotation. You know, he you don't know what you're gonna get with him. Like he's got amazing talent. It's just he's always had a hard time harnessing it and you know keeping uh keeping everything together. I mean, if he can pitch like he did last year, he doesn't even have to pitch that good. As long as he can pitch sort of like that, he'll be fine. But yeah, actually recently, I mean, he had two, his first two starts were bad, especially against St. Louis. He gave up six runs in three innings, and his ERA after two starts was over 11. Over his last three starts, he has a 2.25 ERA. So yeah, all the Brewers pitchers have been pitching well right now, in the rotation at least. And in the bullpen, I mean, Josh Hader's not given up a single run yet. He struck out 15 batters in nine in the third innings. Devin Williams has striking almost 16 batters per nine. His ERA after a couple of rough starts has rough outings has gone down to below below 3.5. Trevor Gott and 
Brad Boxberger and Hobie Milner all have ERAs around two. Aaron Ashby and Jandel Gustave have all been good. Ashby's striking out over 10 batters per inning. And Jake Cousins is on the aisle right now. So once he comes back, they'll get another powerful arm to that bullpen. Uh, Brewers have the second-best bullpen in all of the National League behind only the Do- behind only the Dodgers. Uh, and and that's just terms of results so far. And overall talent, I think that the Brewers have the best bullpen. Um, as the season plays out, they'll probably pass up the Dodgers. But yeah, let's keep it going with the power. Um, have Yelich get back to prime form. And, you know, I also love watching Willie Adams. He's been on a recent power tear. Uh, he's a big spark plug for this team. And hopefully some of these other bats like Wong and Narvaez and uh, McCutcheon and Hira can kind of uh, get fired up and get going again and uh, add to the production of Telez and Adamas and Yelich and yeah, we can uh we could see a really good Brewers team in the playoffs this year. And lastly, the juggernaut team, uh, most people's favorites to win the World Series. The Dodgers have had their season go just about as planned. They're sixteen and seven. Their Pythagorean win win loss record is eighteen and five. They are scoring runs at an elite rate and preventing stopping other teams from scoring at an elite rate as well. Um you know the offense has been good, but actually their pitching's probably been their bigger strength so far, but that's not really saying much because their pitching's been so good. The offense has just been slightly not as good, but that means it's still great. That was confusing. But, um, you know, Justin Turner is the only hitter I'm looking at that has really been off to a bad, bad start. He's still slumping. He's only hitting 183 with only one home run. Uh, Cody Bellinger is only hitting 205. He's still been he's striking out a lot. Still, he has a uh, he struck out 29 times in 91 plate appearances, so almost a third of the time, still not great. Yeah, that's not good at all. Um, 205 batting average, like I said. So, you know, the thing with Bellinger, this is kind of me going off on a personal soapbox here, but like every time he does something good, everyone's all on it. Like, oh my goodness, Cody Bellinger is the best guy, and no one should ever doubt him. But just when he's not good, people are just don't people don't really seem to bring it up. So when I go on LB.com, all I see is Cody Bellinger highlights, and you should be scared of Cody Bellinger because he's gonna get hot, but he hasn't. So what's the deal here? Um Frey Freeman's been good in his start. He's saying 299 hit in his first uh, 23 games in Dodger Blue. Uh Gavin Lux saying 276. Um team leader and on base percentage is also Freddie Freeman, 386. Uh, Mookie Betts has been off to a slower-ish start. Um, Will Smith is only hitting 246. He does have a couple of home runs. Uh, Max Muncy has... Oh, he's not been off to a good start either. He's hitting 151. He has three homers, and he's walking a lot, so it helps his OPS plus a little bit, but yeah, not great. Only uh, yeah, only 151 through his first 22 games. So these Dodger bats, they aren't even at their full potential yet, so that's really scary. They're still, you know, winning about uh, 70% of their games with the offense not not nearly reaching its full potential. Uh, Walker Bueller in the rotation uh, has been amazing. Julio Urias is an ERA below two. Clayton Kershaw's looked like his old self. He's striking out 11.7 batters per nine. I mean, he looked amazing in that almost in his perfect outing against the Twins. Toy Gonsolin is through uh, five starts, actually leads the team in ERA, though, with 1.64. 
Um, definitely the best rotation in the majors up to this point so far this year. Everyone's been pitching well. Tyler Anderson, their fifth guy, he has a 2.55 ERA. I mean, what the heck? Uh, Craig Kimbrell's looked really good in the bullpen. Evan Phillips and Bruce Dargraderall are both uh, getting lots of strikeouts. Daniel Hudson's looked really amazing. Um, other arms, including Alex Vesey, has not allowed a run yet. Phil Bickford has been solid through seven outings. Uh, Justin Bruill. Let me check the pronunciation on that. Um, 3.38 area over eight, eight games. I don't have a pronunciation. Yeah, I think it's it's Bruill. I think that's how you say it. But they're all pitching well. The bullpen's been solid. The rotation's been elite. And again, like I said, this is really scary because the Dodgers right now have a project Pythagorean win-loss record of 18 and 5, which is crazy. That's like better than the 2001 Seattle Mariners in terms of record. And that's with their offense not producing as well as it could. I mean, well, they're not producing as well in terms of the numbers, but they are leading the majors in runs scored. So I think this deserves a little deeper dive here. Um, let me pull up some batting splits here. I mean, it just must come down to the fact that they're clutch. Well, no, not necessarily. They're um, 0-2 in one-run games. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't... They're just finding... when They're, they're not, like, getting... Lots of hits, but they're just getting lots of uh, clutch hits, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um, trying to find some splits here. Um, but like I said, I mean... This team is looking so good, even without the some of their guys doing as well as they can. Here we go. So let's take a look at uh, I've got the National League splits up here for um, clutch stats, like two outs runners in scoring position. The Dodgers have in that in those situations they have a 288 batting average, so they're definitely wrapping things up when they've got um when they've got runners in scoring positions and they need to get hits. Um, let's just look at runners in scoring position without the two outs filter. So that kind of explains it. They're hitting 295 in those situations. Um. So when they got guys on there, turn it, once they can get something started, they kind of get things going, I guess, is a good way to look at this. I mean, it's not as good as some teams like the league average is 257, so they're way above that. But other teams like Milwaukee is hitting 294 in these situations, and they're also hitting bombs with runners in scoring positions, so that helps too. But, um, yeah, the Dodgers, even though their bats, batting stats aren't the best, they're still getting things done at the plate. Just uh, just kind of one of those things, you know, when you can, you might be quiet for most of the game. You might not get anything done. Like the Mets game I watched last night is a perfect example of this. Like no offensive production through the first eight innings. 
then suddenly the ninth inning, something just clicks and you guys all start getting hits. And then you win the game, even though for most of the game, your bats were completely silent. So that must just be kind of it. And that's honestly the mark of a good team, you know, just uh, staying tough and then taking advantage of opportunities when they when they come around and not wasting things. I know as a Twins fan, so many times this year I've watched us have runners on base, you know, time to put up a big crooked number here and take the lead, and we don't. We strike out, Miguel Snow strikes out, and we waste an opportunity and leave three got three potential runs on the base paths. So anyway, yeah, that's my uh, takes on the Brewers, Mets, and Dodgers and how they've gone to the point that they're at right now uh, about, a, about one month into the season. And hopefully, uh, you know, they continue. Like I said, I gave kind of some examples for each of them of how the ways they can do better to in order to maintain this level of success. Um, yeah, Mets just uh, when DeGrom gets back, as long as the rest of their pitching staff can stay as good as they have been, they'll be fine and the bats can keep going. Brewers, um, as long as certain members of your offense start to hit, really ramp up their production, that can uh, they'll help compensate when some of your other hitters tend to kind of regress back to their normal levels of hitting. And the Dodgers, I mean, just keep the elite pitching going and – the offense, while it's been good so far, seeing some team, some players, especially like Bellinger and Turner and Muncie, kind of break out of their slumps. So yeah, and also one last thing I'd like to note: the um, American League division leaders are still the exact same. It's still the Angels, Yankees, and Twins. Um, those three teams have also been playing really well. Um, so yeah, that's all six. Um, then division leaders about a month into the season. And it'll be really interesting to see how the remaining part of the season unfolds and if certain other teams can try to unseed them. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of Straight Out Left. Uh, back-to-back uploads. Um, upload yesterday and got another one out today. Um, hoping to get some more episodes out over the next week. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and many other podcasting platforms. Leave it a five-star review or follow it or do whatever you got to do. Keep your ears peeled for new episodes, and I will talk to you all again soon.